1: War Eagle, everybody. Welcome into another episode of Believe in Everything Auburn. Y'all already know who it is. Taylor Davis, Jason Campbell here to talk everything Auburn. But uh, it's really going beyond Auburn today, let's be honest, because there has been some big news coming out this week in regards to college football In the college football playoff, hopefully everyone of our listeners already knows what we're discussing and you haven't been under a rock the past couple days. But Jason and I are certainly going to give our take on all of it and the potential of it and what all is going into it. I've got lots of notes, so I'm going to catch you up on what all would go into this reformed postseason for college football and we'll give you our opinions on it like we always do. So uh, thank you for joining us. We're excited to get into the nitty gritty of all of this because certainly seems like it's been a long time coming, but not entirely the details that I was expecting. So we're gonna talk all about it, but let's check in with the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Jason Campbell. How's your week going, J-Cam?
0: Good morning, Taylor. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. We had a rainy week here, but I will oh, say this. You? Yeah, we had a rainy week. We got pretty much uh, rainy every afternoon. So we call it the summer, summer, summer storms. But, yep. uh, you know, you know, looking forward, I say we're supposed to have seven to eight days of sunshine. So, hey, you know, you take it when you can because there are some places in America right now that can't even get rain and the ground is cracking. So, you know, yeah, I'm not complaining.
1: Well, good. Uh, I've actually done... Uh, Panthers podcast this week talking about OTAs and how all of that's been going so there's movement on the NFL side and obviously with recruiting college football is getting ramped up as well so I mean it's it's going to be here before we know it this is kind of the calm before the storm but I feel like the next few months always go by so quickly and then all of a sudden it's Kickoff game, and you're like, Holy cow, how did we get here? So, lots of movement, lots of exciting things happening, and we're going to break down all of it. But before we do, I'm going to tell you about our sponsor, Bet Online. The month of June is heating up with a ton of exciting sports action, like I just said. And Bet Online is where you can find all of it from basketball to hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures they've got it all they have the latest odds news and information for all your online sports betting needs so all you have to do is go to the website today or you can use your mobile device to join and you're going to get a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit so before the next tip-off face-off head on over to bet online and start playing today bet online your online sports book experts All right, people, without further ado, let's talk about it. The college football playoff is considering a proposal expanding to a 12 team format. So, There's a lot to unpack here, but I'll I'll run through a few of the key notables that I was, you know, questioning when I first saw the headline. So this proposal does not include guarantees for conference champions. Instead, it calls for the bracket to include the six highest ranked conference champions, wherever that lands, plus the six highest ranked other teams, as determined by the CFP's selection committee. There would be no limit on the number of participants from a conference and no league would qualify automatically. So basically, it. let's just start with that bullet right there because it takes this thing from essentially having been a Power 5 postseason to an FBS postseason. This now opens up the door for teams that have felt like no matter what they did, they would never hear their names called for the college football playoff. Looking at Gus Malzahn and UCF, let's be honest, that is certainly a team that comes to mind when you think about who it's kind of interfered with, whether or not You supported the decisions of where UCF falls, given their caliber of of competition. If they have an undefeated season and they are not participating in the playoff, that affects recruiting. It affects the players that are going there because they're going, it doesn't matter what I do. I can't buy for a national title. So let's first start with that and this 12-team format, And your opinion, on that, the six highest ranked conference champions, the six highest ranked other teams that would get a shot at this, and that there's no limit on the number of participants from a conference, which my mind goes to the SEC. How many times have we had multiple SEC teams within the top five, top, top ten that the argument is very strong for them to be in the top four? But you've got Notre Dame in there that didn't even play a conference title game. And The fact that they were all within the SEC and had to beat up on each other, a two loss or three loss Georgia team gets taken out. So, what do you like or dislike about that aspect of it?
0: Well, first, Taylor, I thank you for your energy this morning. Taylor is bringing it everybody. (laughs) I tell you, somebody has gotten excited about college football already this year. (laughs) I can feel it and I can hear it. So, so you know. Hey, I guess you might be just a little tired of the baseball realm right now because I know you have Thursday through Sunday sometimes a baseball game. Oh, yeah. The
1: oh, yeah.
0: football, get an opportunity to talk about something a little bit different and your hair just spikes up. So That is I true. I get it. I get it. <laughs> yes, there's a lot to break down here. Um, I will say this. It's going to make college football more interesting from a simple fact that now that every conference and every team feel like they have a chance to participate and a chance to – to do something for their school. Let's, let's face it, college football is run by who has the biggest money anyway, the biggest pockets. So mm-hmm. if you think about if you're some of these smaller schools, you get a chance to play in some of these bigger games, that's more money for your conference and more money individually for your school. So mm-hmm. everyone wants to have that opportunity. The reason the SEC is it's like the elite or the Big Ten and everything in the ACC is because – they have bigger pockets because they have the bigger TV games. They get the, the bigger revenues and they get the bigger bowl game. So you get the bigger kickback, but, and it has always been tough for other conferences to, to catch up. Now, it's, they're trying to level the playing field is what they're doing. They're trying to find a way. I've always said it needed to be more than four. My vote was six just because yeah. if you did six, you would have the first two teams. The teams that earned the one and the two spot, they they get the opportunity to, to have a bye. And that's why you play so right. hard in the season. It's no different in the NFL. If you get the one or two seed, you earned the bye. So it should be the same in college. And then the other four teams play and then the next week the one and two participate. So I thought that was the realm that was going to go, but they've dropped it down to 12 teams now. And this can, this is, you know, like you said, for UCF and for Cincinnati and, you know, teams like that, Boise state, other teams like that, they have an opportunity to participate now and, and, and the playoff system, it becomes any given, any given day because, uh, in, in the NFL, we always say any given Sunday, anyone can be beat. Well, in college football, it's a little bit different. But we see it in the NCAA tournament where some of these smaller schools knock off these bigger schools. But that's basketball. You know, it's all about who can get hot. Right. And football is just a little bit different because size and quickness and physique, all those all those things matter. And uh, But I would say, look, hey, if you open the door up for everybody, this is going to start to open Pandora's box. And what I mean yeah. by that is someone like Notre Dame – they are considered independent. They cannot have a week off. They have no yeah. bye week. So they have to play 13 straight games. And if you're other schools that are independent, have to play 13 straight games. So in order for them to get in, like I said, they have to do no bye. But I guess it makes sense for them to say, hey, do we want to take the bye week? or and give up and join a conference like the ACC. And then also we give up our NBC contract to them. It doesn't make financial sense. So they're not going to do that. So they're going to stay as an independent and just play 13 straight games. And, uh, Jeez. So Yeah, that's a lot. You know, it's a lot on the it kid's is. body. You know, not to have that bye week. Everybody needs a bye week. You know, football yeah. is a brutal sport and uh, and everything. So I guess their twos have, have better be ready to play, especially in some of those games that they feel like they should win. They can get the guys out early and get other guys in the game. But this is going to be interesting definitely for the STC The SEC usually get two teams in. Uh, we've seen a couple of years. But now there's a possibility that you can get three or four teams in. And right. Right. You know, that that actually helps our conference and our conference is going to become bigger and bigger because teams will be like, hey, not only just one or two go three or four can go. So, you know, teams is uh, this is going to make college football very intriguing and uh, watch to see every Saturday, because some teams now, once they lose that one game, they don't have to hang their head and be like, well, season's over. Like, right. You know, they still they're still in the fight. And that's the thing I do like about it. I just kind of wish it was six instead of 12, but I'm not going to argue too much because we can't always get what we want. So I take the 12 better than the four if it's going to make college football better because teams can still play for something even if they lose one game.
1: Right, or two. I agree with you. I think that there is such a thing as too much of a good thing, and I am reluctant on the size of the expansion. I have wanted a college football playoff expansion since it's like year one. I was so excited to get a playoff and get away from the BCS system like that needed to happen. And four, you know, we didn't know what we needed. So so the first year was fine, but it became evident very quickly that four wasn't enough, especially given the structure of FBS currently. But I feel like four to 12 is almost too much of a, a good thing because When you look at years past, the ones that were right on the cusp were the ones that you were intrigued by. I I think of last year with Texas A&M being at five. I really felt like there was an argument for them to be within the top four, but I felt like there was an argument for them to be at five as well because of what they had lost compared to the ones that were in the top four. If it had been a six-team playoff, I think that is where the – the close proximity of competition level exists. I think if you expand to 12, there's going to be such clear levels of distinction, even if we're allowing, you know, group of fives to get their shot. I don't think the upset potential is going to be as strong here as if it were, if it were a six or an eight team playoff. I think 12 still kind of makes it a little bit of an obvious result. And it allows so much of the, you know, the fight within the regular season to be dulled down a little bit because the top 12 in the country getting a shot. Like, I just, I don't know. I think that that's a bit too grand. That was my opinion when it came out. I want the expansion. I am all for the expansion. I think a 12 team system is a bit too much, but you bring up the length of the season and that has certainly been um, a, a focus and an argument that I'm sure these commissioners are still going to have. Look, while it is all but done, it's not official. The 10 FBS commissioners and you know, some other key members of this thing have to agree on a format. They're meeting next Thursday and Friday to discuss it. Uh, It's actually the first time they'll be discussing it in person since the coronavirus pandemic. So there are still a lot of moving pieces and they have to agree on this. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on, you know, the final decision, but that is something that is very much an argument against this. I mean, the length of a regular season Teams that will have their conference championship game and don't get a bye in the first round, if they make it to the title game, they could play as many as 17 games.
0: Right. That's an
1: (laughs) NFL season. That is an NFL season. And while, you know, a lot of these guys are going to be entering the league, and I guess it's good preparation for it, and also there's only a couple teams that will play that much, it's not an impossibility that this college team Heck, let's just be honest, an SEC team could play 17 games with nine or ten of those being conference opponents with top-caliber talent. Like, you're just going to need so much endurance and physicality to withstand a length of season like that, which, again, is why I think an eight or six team playoff makes more sense it cuts down the time and when you look at it that way why 12 why would you go that route and risk postseason or the entirety of the season being this long for the athletes and the answer to that is money and that's where I you know have a problem because I think if if it's for the good of the sport and for the good of these athletes I think the strongest argument is a six or an 18 playoff. If we're driven by business and where the most money can come in, we're going to get to a point where we got 20 teams in the playoff because we're bringing in so much money in these playoff games. Like I think if you get down to that aspect of it, you've got a higher risk of injury. You're likely to have star athletes out more games in season in preparation for postseason, which is going to diminish a regular season matchup. Like, I think that there's error to the system in that way. Go back to your college days, Jay. Could you have played a 17-game season?
0: There's no way. Um right? In the NFL, we would play 16 regular season games, and then we had four preseason games. So we was playing 20 games a year in the NFL. Insane. And that was hard on my body. And That was hard. Yeah. Like I still have aches and pains now where I wake up and I'm like, dang, why well, I'm feeling this way? And the reason is because – your body took a lot of hits and a lot of pounding. So it's very important that, you know, you have to stay in shape. You have to keep getting getting your massages because your body do take a pounding. Like you said, the NCAA is looking at this, where they're trying to hush everybody up and make everyone happy because they probably get conference letters every year. Like, hey, my team should have been participating in the opportunity to play in the playoffs. And so they're trying to please everybody. But at the same time, like you said, everything seems to be driven by money and the aspect of it. And so, you know, we've got to start getting concerned about these kids and where are where are we going to? Like, what's the, what's the stopping point? Like, where do we stop at? Because now we're opening up everything and we're starting to do the lightness where kids will get paid for their lightness. And some kids are going to choose to go to other schools because other schools can put them on billboards where some can't. They can't afford to do it. And, you know, because they can get paid a lot more money by going to this university than going to someone that you know, that's a smaller size. So it's just become so tricky. And, and we got to understand, like, what are we telling 18 to 22-year-olds? And we have to make sure that this is basically the NFL coming to college because now we have to tell the kids, you know, not getting off track, but if you're going to get paid for your likeness, this it it is the NFL because there are going to be kids that's in that locker room that's going to look across this other guy and say, man, he just got a $10,000 check from uh, from for doing a, a shoot for somebody the other day. And here I am. I'm busting my tail. But since I'm not the quarterback or I'm not the running back or someone is uh, I'm not one of the top corners, but I'm blocking my tail off every game. And I'm not right. get, I'm not on the billboard. I'm not getting paid this much money. So it just becomes tricky. And I hope the kids are ready, Are ready to handle this. Uh I do think, you know. You know, you do put your body on the line. So, yes, you should get rewarded um, and the other thing. But I just feel like it comes with a certain level of maturity that comes with this, and especially with the NCAA now opening this thing up to 12 games. Like you said, 17 games in a season where a kid can play in college. We already were talking about the concussion. Where has that talk gone? It has gone yeah. out the window. Like, That's
1: so true. You know, so
0: the more games you play, the more in inept you are to have concussions. And, yeah. and if you are running back in college, I don't want to play three to four seasons in college in the If I'm going to play 17 games in a season and I play for one of these universities that run the football heavily, do you know how much pounding it is on a running back's body before he even wow. gets to the NFL? Then yep. once he gets to the NFL, like they're already limited to seven years and below in the NFL because of the pounding that they come in taking hits. You're now taking two, three more years off their NFL career so that's so just, true so it's almost like they're saying okay since we're gonna start paying you for your likeness and we're gonna start giving you more money in college okay you gonna have games for us then so yep. it's almost there's a trade-off
1: that's so true i had never thought about the implication it would have on the NFL career because, and that's something that we even talk about now. Like it feels like guys are tempted to go to the league earlier and we're seeing guys retire earlier because of the pounding that they're taking. So that is certainly going to be an element added in. I, I completely agree with you there. And let's also talk about the structure of, of what those postseason games would look like. So the first round playoff games would be on campus for these schools. The rest of them would be at bowl sites. This is a way to keep, you know, the big bowls happy. This is going to do away with a lot of the smaller bowls. Let's call a spade a spade. If last year didn't already do that, this is certainly going to do it. Like bowls are essentially going to be no more. Here's the thing that I, I do like about it. When the college football playoff committee is selecting the top four, there has been an inability and they love to talk about the eye test, the eye test, blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't seem like it shows itself when the top four is revealed to take into consideration teams that have to play without stars. Like if your star quarterback got injured and was out a couple games and you lost those two, but clearly you're one of the best in the country at full strength Those haven't been making the top four because they lost two games. Even though it was situational, the committee's not putting them in because of the record. I like that this opens up that opportunity to see those teams that had situational losses in regular season. I think that those are very real and relative to a a national championship winning team. And it's, it's kind of been a flaw of the system to this point that that hasn't been able to showcase itself in the top four. So I think we'll, we'll probably have better non-conference games early in the season as well because you know, losses aren't going to be penalized as heavily, but also both teams going at it, even if they're non-conference, are have a shot at postseason, where before, you know, a three-loss Auburn team knows they're out of the contest. So it adds a level of, you know, fight and intensity to these games. It allows for some situational losses to not completely handcuff you halfway through the season. But I think there's just some kinks in the armor in terms of the structure, the amount. I mean, if we're halfway through the season and we've got 20 teams that are vying for a spot in the playoff, like, uh, yes, it's exciting. And for fans, you can, you know, really feel like you're never out of the game. But in terms of the, like, the notoriety of it and the, um, the bigness of the playoff, I don't know if you're going to get that in the first couple rounds.
0: Well, what it does um, is the simple fact that they're trying to put back, when I was in college and and before me, every game mattered so much because of the BCS system.
1: Yeah. And yeah.
0: every bowl game mattered because bowl games was paying out big money. So if you went to, if you didn't go to the BCS championship game, even if you was in that next bowl, you got paid as if you still was, there was the, what, the top five biggest bowls, the Fiesta Bowl, the mm-hmm. Sugar Bowl, the Orange Bowl, you know, just those big bowls like that, they meant something. So every bowl game mattered. And it was at a point where you had to have like a, a two over a 500 record in order to make a bowl game. And then all of a sudden – about five, seven years ago, when the BCS when they got rid of the BCS system, which kind of hurt us because we was undefeated, but now that they got rid of it and they started a playoff system, all the other bowl games almost act like they didn't matter. And mm-hmm. so then, what you start to see was teams that was four and six, five and five, uh, five and six getting into bowl games, and you just like, okay, where's the drive? To create winning mindsets to make kids right. have to play for something to be like, hey, we gotta have a winning record. We gotta at least be six and five if we're gonna play in a bowl game, so that we can get a bowl check, so that we can get a, you know, bowl gifts and different things. Like we can get an extra game. We get to go on vacation for two to three weeks and practice and have fun. Like you used to feel like you had to play for that, and now teams are accepting five and six, and they're accepting these even records because they know no matter what, we get a bowl game and. Right. And everything. So I think what they're trying to do is now say, okay, we messed this up by going to just four teams from the get go. Mm -hmm. And, and we've done it for the last, I think it started what 2010. We've done it for the last 10 years. So how can we scale it back and make college football more important as it was back in the day, but at the same time where it gives other schools a more opportunity to not paint their head at the, like we talked about one loss or, or even like you said, even two losses if you want these big, one of these big conference schools. And uh, so I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to put the drive back into college football and make all these bowl games mean something. And like you say, like when you get an extra home game in round one, oh, that's a huge advantage. Yeah, you know, it is. like you know, it, it is that's real playoff kind of atmosphere. You mm-hmm. know, you know, like the team that has the highest seed, yeah, you come to me. I shouldn't be traveling to you. Oh, I shouldn't even have to travel to a neutral site. That's why we play so hard during the season, so we can earn the right to stay home and you come to us. And that's what makes the NFL playoffs so special because you come to a team that earned the right to sit at home or earned the right to have a bye week and everything. So it's just uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, We'll see how it goes. I definitely think it'll be better than what we've been seeing with just four teams. um, Right, it it seems like it's out the window. They're either deciding on twelve or not. Um, so, you know, this is where we're at. And, uh, if you're a kid that's in college and get ready to go to college football, I think it opens the door for kids not to have the pressure to say, Oh, I didn't sign with Auburn. I didn't sign with Georgia. I didn't sign with Bama or Tennessee or LSU. Like I got to go to such and such school. Now, if you go to these other school, UCF, if you go to ball state, if you go to Cincinnati, if you go to, uh, Utah state or somewhere like that, now you look at it and be like, it doesn't matter where I go. I have I an have equal a opportunity. I got a chance. And, yeah. all, and that's all you can ask for out of anything is a chance. So, right. you know, I'm happy for the smaller schools and everything, but I just don't want us to get to a point where we're playing 17 games because the, the altitude for injury goes up dramatically. Right.
1: And I don't think that you'll be getting a team's best at that point, realistically, certainly not the first couple of years that this thing is rolled out, which by the way, wouldn't be until like 2023 or something. It'll be a couple of years before it's implemented, but it'll certainly take some, some getting used to, um, but the four highest ranked conference champions would be seated one through four and receive a first round bye, and then teams five through 12 would play each other in the first round on the home field of the higher ranked team. The quarterfinals and semifinals would be played in bowl games and the national championship game would remain at a neutral site. So that's kind of how the structure of the system would go. I do like that because it still gives an, heck of an incentive to be in the one through four because I was curious you know if if you open this thing up not saying that this happens these guys are playing lights out but you know sometimes even subconsciously you get to a point where you're going okay well even if we lose this like we're we're in the top 12 you know so we'll figure it out once we get to postseason like what's really the drive for somebody to be you know, one through four versus one through 12, if, you know, it's going to come down to just playing lights out and, and getting it done in in the playoff rounds, but being seated one through four and receiving that first round by is a huge advantage. I mean, like, Very, very big advantage to not have to play that first round to get the week of rest before you go into the gauntlet. So I like that aspect of it, that there is still in that incentive to be in the top four, which is, you know, what we're accustomed to. There's going to be more of a reward in being ranked in the top four than if it was just top 12 and then duke it out. I like that one Mm -hmm. through four get that you know, added bonus, but there's such parody in college football. And I, I do love the idea that we're going to get a chance to see it acted out. And look, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have whiplash because we're going back and (laughs) forth here, but I think that that's what everyone's doing. Like, I think that this is reality of how these conversations are being had. Just open up Twitter. I mean, like everyone is just going back and forth. It's a yo-yo mentality because I think it's something that we want but there's so many, you know, kinks to iron out with it and there's still arguments about this, you know, proposed structure. And I think there would be for everything. You're not going to have everyone on board entirely, but I just think that there's there's debates for all of it here, but I do let me just say again, I am in favor of the expansion. Having 12, I'm not entirely sold on, but I like the idea of a postseason being expanded because so many of these matchups should determine who truly is the best by the end of season. And we've been robbed of those in years past. Like, remember last year when Texas A&M had a game canceled and people were trying to get them who was it Oklahoma who also had a somebody had a buy the same week that A&M's opponent dropped because of COVID and everyone was trying to get that to be the reschedule and it didn't happen. But like that is, it would have been, I'm drawing a complete blank on who it was. It might've been Oklahoma. I don't know. Um, Whoever's listening is probably yelling the answer because I'm drawing a blank. But um, it was the quintessential, you know, top team in conferences that don't usually play each other in regular season. But have teams that they both think should be in the playoff let's duke it out and see like those kinds of games we're going to get and there will be parity in postseason where you know some teams that maybe would have been overlooked in the four-team system are getting a chance and they're showing out in these games like I am pumped to see that and I think it it takes us another step out of the BCS system and now improving the playoff system because there is always going to be a conflict of opinion when dealing with a a selection committee. What one person prioritizes, the other one doesn't. The eye test is going to be different to every eye. So now we have a better chance of going, all right, here's the top. Now they literally have to perform and execute what they think they're capable of to get to the next step. And I, I think that that is the only way to have an undisputed champion. I just don't know if we need to include this many to determine it.
0: I just wish we just, I just hope that we sit down and everyone gets together and figure out what's best for college football for the next 20 years. Because I'm telling you what what drives me crazy is there's so much change every year now in sports. Like every year, if you watch the NFL, Mm -hmm. all the rules change like every year. It's like, There's six or seven. What's a catch? It's not a catch the next year. All right. What wasn't a catch a year before is now a catch. Like targeting. Oh yeah, targeting. You know what's the like? There's so many different changes. Can we just get to a point where we say, okay, this is the rules. Here they are. They're not changing. And this is what we're doing moving forward because what we're starting to do in every sport now is everything is if someone has one argument about this we're changing it it's not like you're not gonna please everybody that's just in everything that we do so i just wish we'd get to a point though where it makes it fair grounds for everybody and that's all you want is just fair grounds and a chance and i think this system will give people a chance like i said we didn't agree with the 12 but hey we'll take 12 over four but um but like i said i just we got to stop all these rule changes and just so much change. Like if you're a person that's just learning the game of football over the last five years, you probably do have whiplash because everything keeps changing, you know? And uh, whether you're a defensive back, okay, after five yards, I can't touch the guy, you know, where before, it's just like, it just, it's just so many different things. Like, what can you do? What can't you do? You know, Nick Saban, whatever Auburn used to do to him and beat him in the games. You remember Nick would argue about it to the officials, mm-hmm. to the official committee in the offseason. And they say, you know, what happens? Oh, there's a rule change. <laughs> you know, right. so like, come on, guys. I'm just like, what are we doing? You know, like. Yeah. Like, we really got to get to a point where we set some ground rules and we stick to them. And that's in every sport because I it's just agree. getting too much. It's too much change all the time. And it's just we're in a popcorn society. I get it. But it doesn't mean everything has to change. Like, there are some things that are constant and they're constant for a reason. And uh, and we, we, we got to understand that because we're going to be playing yo-yo every year. Until yep. we just get to a point where we just say, okay, enough is enough. These are the rules. You're not going to like all of them, but hey, they're respectable rules and this is what we're going to do.
1: I agree. It will certainly be interesting to see it play out. I think it provides us an opportunity to see better, well-matched games that we otherwise would not, but it has to be structured the right way. Otherwise, look how many times in years past have the semifinals in the college football playoff been a complete bust? Like if Bama and Clemson are, yeah, they're (laughs) going to win both of these outright. We might as well skip. I mean, obviously Ohio state pulled one off and sometimes they don't, I'm not saying it's always, but Several times in the past few years, like semifinals weren't all they were cracked up to be because the outright winner was just so obvious. And And just say it,
0: Notre Dame was maybe two or three of them because they play in an independent conference and they don't really play hard games or they get such an advantage, you know, for not playing in a conference. And that's why, and you know, it's unfair. I thought last year Texas A&M should have been in it. Agreed. Um, but, hey, you know, they didn't want to do it because it's another SEC school. And it's not – it shouldn't matter. Like, no. Like,
1: yeah. You
0: know. It, no,
1: it, I, I support do. that. And I think that if structured the right way, this will give us a better idea and a – a clearer result of the season. I just think it's imperative that they structure it the right way and that, you know, all avenues of this thing are analyzed to make sure that we're taking care of the athletes. We're taking care of the product of college football. We're not being driven by money, but the growth of the sport, the growth of the fandom. Um, and I, I think they're on the right track. Expansion needed to happen. Um, you know, it just remains to be seen if, if 12, Is really gonna do it. So we'll keep an eye on it. Um, so that's kind of our breakdown of that. And uh I'm (laughs) such (laughs) a long breakdown. That
0: was such a good breakdown, though. You know, such a
1: good breakdown, you know. It's only Um, beginning. I know. I'm sure it's the first of many conversations we're gonna be having about this. And if you think an expansion is ruining college football, I apologize. I disagree with you, I apologize. Um, and if you are like Jason and I, and think that there's something there, they just need to work it out. Then, uh, I'm sure you enjoyed this podcast, but also do want to just mention real quickly that this football team did get another defensive back. I mean, we are just loading up (laughs) back there, (laughs) (laughs) three-star DBU, forget RBU, um, three-star Juco defensive back Rotarius Torrance has committed to Auburn. He recently decommitted from Tennessee. That's also been a pattern for Auburn in the past few months, uh, and has committed to Auburn. He's listed at six three one ninety five, so another great get for this defense. Uh, and more recruiting has continued. I think that the month of June is going to be insanity for this coaching staff. The, the they're probably going to have recruits on campus every day because not only is the dead period finally over, but it was the longest dead period ever because no one could come on campus last year. So they're making up for lost time, and also for a new staff and establishment of a new culture at Auburn. So there's a lot happening in the recruiting world. I was going to write some notes on it, but uh, it would take me way too long. So there's just a lot happening, a lot of good reports, a lot of recruits saying that Auburn is definitely high on their list. But one thing that's, you know, interesting to me, several of them have said what I've seen so far being here, being around the coaching staff, you know, the atmosphere, the culture I love and I'm on board for, but I want to see the product they put on the field in the fall. And recruits are, you know, being vocal about that. And I think that that's certainly an aspect to every recruiting process is, okay, everyone can put on a good front when you're, you know, doing an in-person visit in the summer. But what does this team really look like when, you know, it's game time. What does, what do these schemes look like? What do game days feel like? What does the team camaraderie look like on, on game day? And especially for right now, recruits don't know a whole lot about what Auburn, like, I think if you go to Bama, you can pretty much know what what it's going to look like on the field. You may not feel as pressed to wait until fall and and evaluate that because it's been pretty consistent over the years. But these recruits know that uh, what Auburn looks like this fall is kind of anyone's guess right now. So I actually thought that was interesting that several of the recruits were saying that. Was that something that you felt inclined when you were a recruit that you were like, okay, this is one thing, but I need to see what – you know what the the real Monty looks like come fall.
0: I say this, um, yeah, th- there is some narrative to that, but at the same time, though, I always tell guys, this is their this is this this staff's first year, um, and they didn't get a chance to recruit their real class, But that's why they're getting a lot of these transfer portal guys right now because. They're feeling the pressure of we gotta show we gotta show form this year in order to get a big signing class for 2022 and uh, and everything. So all a lot of the transfer guys to me is the concern is they're all coming on the defensive side of the ball and uh, and everything. And of course, this is a pass happy league now, and we need all the defensive bats we can get. So if one get down, one can come in. Um, but at the same time, though, offensively it's uh you know I like to see us get a little bit more guys there I know we got the family to come in and and uh compete with Bo and everything but we haven't had and maybe we may get a one or two receivers here and there but uh but the whole thing about it is I always tell a recruit if you're waiting to see something on the field to make your decision then you're already behind like You shouldn't have to wait to see what happens on the field for you to make your decision. Like your decision comes from your heart and your gut and what you see, how you're going to fit in the program and how you're going to change the program. That was how I went through it. My thing was, okay, what you're doing now, these guys not going to be here anyways. I'm a freshman coming in. So a senior, he's gone. You know, a junior, he has one year, he's gone. So my whole thing was, what can I do and what can I bring to this program to make it better than before when I got here? And what can I do to change it? So if that's what should be in recruits' minds, and if I'm Auburn, that's what I'm pushing to them. Like, hey, you can come in and change the program because we need you for this or we need you for that. Like, don't wait and see, like, what the person we have in the position is doing right now. Because that guy, he may not be like you in three to four years. You know, so, you know, it's like apples and oranges. And so Mm -hmm. guys are just you know, you, you can't get so caught up into those type of things if you are a recruit. So, you know, like I said, if guys are doing that, which I know some are, and like I said, because they reported and they said it, because you just told us. Um, right. Then some of them are already behind and yep. and they need to get out of that narrative and uh, and everything. So, you know, we'll see what happens. And yeah. Another thing on the defensive side of the ball, Taylor, is we got another defensive analyst.
1: Um, oh, yeah. Coach,
0: Coach Harson has hired Rock Bellatoni uh, as a defensive analyst. Uh, you know, he's been a special teams coordinator at Utah State last year. He's been an interim defensive coordinator at Washington State in 2019. In 2018, he was Buffalo special teams coordinator. In 2017, he was director of player personnel. So I'm not going to read the whole list, but this guy has – Obviously traveled around a little bit. And uh, yeah. he's coached a lot of different positions. So I'm thinking they bring him on as a defensive analyst, but I'm thinking it's more so on the special team side of things and uh, gotcha. and everything. So, you know, cause we're looking at his report, he's done a lot with special teams and uh, yes, he's been defensive coordinators at Eastern mm-hmm. Illinois. And like we said, you know, interim at Washington state, but most of his job opportunities has been, special teams coordinators and defensive ends and he's coaching tight ends before. So I think that's going to be the thing reason coach Harson brought him on is that's probably going to be where he kind of finds fit for him.
1: Well, good. Hey, the more, the merrier, you know, all hands on deck at this point. And uh, it certainly feels like we're, continuing to add to our you know resources and our talent and get things moving in the right direction so hopefully you know the the right recruits for the system will feel that fit and see their potential um, in this situation and we look forward to adding those guys into the mix but that's gonna do it for us on this episode of college football playoff expansion
0: <laughs>
1: uh, that was a lot to discuss but Hopefully our listeners feel more educated on the matter. You may not have a firm stance on you know, either side because I seem to go back and forth as well. But nonetheless, uh, we'll keep you updated on all of that movement and how things progress Um, moving forward, but we will be back next week to break down whatever the heck happens between now and then in this crazy world of college athletics. And we hope that you will join us. Make sure you've subscribed to our podcast. If you haven't already, you'll get a notification every time we release an episode. So you never miss it. Tell your friends, share the link, and we'll be back next week to talk some more Auburn football. So until then, we're Eagle.
0: Guys, don't be afraid to uh, hit Taylor up on IG. And uh, I'm not talking about trying to holler at her. I'm talking about with questions. <laughs> questions well, on, I mean, on right now, It
1: depends. It depends on the suitor, you know?
0: <laughs> hey, you I guess so. I guess so. I guess so. I guess this is we, we are opening up uh, dating apps here on the uh, podcast. But. Uh, we're talking about football here, guys. Football. You're right. So you You're know, right. ask her some questions. Ask me some questions on her IG at Taylor Beth yeah. Davis. Mine is at jcampbell Campbell One Seven. Don't be afraid. We will try our best to, you know, respond and. Um, yeah. Get your answers on the next episode, and who knows? One day we may get lucky, get a lucky fan on here, and say we invite you on the show for five to ten minutes. We don't know. We just it all depends on how active you fans get involved with getting involved with our podcast. So I like it. I'm gonna put it out there. If you get involved with our podcast once a month, we may bring on a fan. If Taylor agrees, we may bring on a fan for five to ten minutes, and I think that would make it great for our podcast and great to involve the people back into the the football aspect as we approach the football season.
1: I'm into it. Brilliant idea, j Love it. All right, peeps. We'll talk soon. See ya. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get
0: it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies.